Hey there, this is D. Yvonne Vivers, your host for Birth Moms Real Talk, a podcast where you will hear the journeys of birth mothers who have placed children in adoption and also have some emotional and tough conversations, or you may say hot topics about adoption. Listen in. Good day, everyone. My name is D. Yvonne Rivers. I am a host of Birth Moms Real Talk, the platform that gives birth moms an opportunity to share their story and allows you to listen in. We are so happy to have as my guest today, Haley. Welcome, Haley. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, this is so great. So great. And as uh, we were talking before, we're all the same with different distinctions. And that's the joy and the beauty of this Birth Moms Real Talk. We talk real, but we also hear the journeys of Birth Moms stories. So I'm going to ask you to sort of go back to tell me a little bit about your life and growing up and the circumstances and just prior to you becoming the mom. Okay. So I. I'm the second of five kids. I have two brothers, two sisters. I have lived in Utah my whole life. So growing up here in the culture of extreme kindness. <laughs> uh, is that what it is? I hadn't heard that term without okay. extreme <laughs> kindness for real. Okay. Extreme kindness. That's okay. what Utah is. <laughs> okay. And I, I don't know. So I've always been very like book smart. I always got really good grades. I always had, you know, lots of friends and loved mm-hmm. to play outside and, you know, just have fun. And so how then, was your family situation? Mom and dad, both in the household? Yep. Yep. Both mom and dad in the household. They're still together. And my siblings, I was the first one to like move out of the house. My older sister like stayed with my parents. So I was the first one to kind of like venture out on my own. Um, I went to college, you know, close to home, but I did move out into an apartment with some roommates and I went to almost a full year of college and was really sick and having lots of lots of health issues and eventually actually had to get brain surgery Mm. when I was 19 years old and I had to move back in with my parents to kind of heal from that and a few months after my brain surgery I ended up getting pregnant with my daughter And it was very difficult on my body because I still hadn't quite healed from the brain surgery. Right. It had to be Um, traumatic because you're talking about what age were you then? So I was 19. Okay. And when you say brain surgery, I think of a long surgery, recuperation, rehabilitation and all that. Yeah. So I was, it was on like the, the back part of my brain. So it was a little bit different than some other brain surgeries, but. I didn't end up having to do any like physical therapy or anything, but I did have a lot of like weakness in my arms that I had to kind of get over that a lot of like extreme dizziness, that kind of stuff. So just trying to heal from that. And then, you know, finding out that I was pregnant was very difficult and telling my parents was very, very challenging. What did you think before when you realized you were pregnant? What were your thoughts of what they may say? I was honestly terrified because my parents always had this do the right thing mentality. And I felt like that definitely was not the quote unquote right thing Mm -hmm. to be doing with my life. So I was very scared. I was just trying to think of like, is there any way for this not to happen? Like, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not 
And I actually told her father before I told my family, like immediately after I took a pregnancy test, I mm-hmm. ended up texting him and I said, Hey, like, are you home right now? I, I want to talk to you. And he was like, yeah. So I went over there and I took the pregnancy test with me and okay. I, I showed it to him. And his response was, are you sure that it's mine? And he was the only person that I had done anything with, mm. at least recently. So I was like, mm-hmm. yep, I'm, I'm sure. How, how, um, how did that affect you when that question is it mine? Yeah, I was, I was not very happy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was, you know, kind of offended and we weren't like dating or anything at that point, but mm-hmm. I was like, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. And right. he's like, well, are you, sh- are you sure that you're pregnant? And I was like, I mean, I just took a pregnancy test and it was positive. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, I want to take you to Planned Parenthood to get a test there. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. So we went to Planned Parenthood and he paid for me to get a pregnancy test there. And it also came back positive and you know they gave me the whole spiel of you have options here's some pamphlets that kind of thing and mm-hmm. i actually was scheduled to go into work and i was just freaking out and i tried to get my shift covered nobody could cover it so i was like i have to go like i i got to go to work mm-hmm. and i go into work and i just the whole day was very unfocused and i couldn't concentrate and i was just right. panicking and Like I'm 19 years old. I worked part time and I was making like $10 an hour. Mm -hmm. I'm like, there's no way I can do this. Like I can't, I can't raise a baby on, you know, a four or $500 paycheck. Right. Right. So trying to remember how long it was until I actually told my parents, I feel like it was almost like a week later. Okay. Because you you just got some news, life changing news, mm-hmm. of allowing that to sit and for you to come to terms with it. Was that yeah, not, you know I, that you, you said you weren't focused? Well, guess what? I mean, it's hard for anyone to focus with all of that that you're facing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I I was still in school. I was still mm-hmm. going to college, and I wasn't able to focus on school. And I was like, I have I have to tell somebody. Like, I can't obviously I can't hide it. Mm-hmm. So I had my older sister and my parents in and I said, Hey, like come into your room. I need to talk to you. And I told them and my older sister just kind of scoffed and like left the room. Hmm. And my mom said, I don't remember her exact words, but I remember it was something on along the lines of, I'm surprised that you haven't gotten pregnant, you know, before this. Ooh. And, but I, she's, she's a very good person and I don't think okay. she, okay. I think she, she grew up very Mormon. So this mm-hmm. was like completely left field for her. And I think okay. she kind of just like said that. Okay. Just as a quick reaction. Right. Right. Cause they, they knew that I had, you know, been sexually active before mm-hmm. this and we had kind of had conversation a year ish prior I, I, I like that. Let's go back to you kind of had. How do you, how do you kind of? Yeah, I, I never had like the birds and the bees kind of chat with my parents. Uh, okay. Okay. That was never something that we like openly talked about. Mm-hmm. And it's still not something that we openly talk about. I, with my siblings, I can kind of talk about it, but my parents were never mm. like super open with that. Okay. So okay. that was kind of challenging. And I had had a boyfriend 
about a year prior. And my mom just asked me, she's like, are you guys having sex? And I said, yes. And wow, said, that was direct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like she went direct yeah. with that. So that's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And okay. I said, yes. And she said, are, are you using protection? And I said, yes. And that was kind of the end of it. Oh, there wasn't really okay. much else to discuss after that. So I had never, you know, had like a full on, this is what can happen. You know, this is what pregnancy is like, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So when I told her, you know, she said, kind of surprised you haven't gotten pregnant up, to, up until this point. And my dad asked me if I had considered all of my options. And I was like, how, how did you take what, what did that really mean? I was like, well, I, I couldn't do an abortion. That's I, I mean, I don't need to get too much into it, but right, I, sure. I personally wasn't considering that for sure. you know this pregnancy at all. And right. I was like, yeah, I, I mean, I would like to, I would like to keep it if I can make it work. You know, I've, I've always loved children. I always was like the the babysitter and mm-hmm. loved being around kids and babies mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But I was, you know, only a sophomore in college and super young. I was still a teenager technically. So right, right. I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And my whole relationship with them throughout the pregnancy wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. My mom went to some of my appointments with me, but so was it any conversation and asking you, well, Haley, uh, what did you decide to do? Or did you ask for help? Did you directly ask, well, I want to I didn't, raise my I child. Didn't ask. I need help. Yeah, I didn't ask. I got the impression that they, you know, weren't ready to be grandparents and mm-hmm. didn't really want me to do that. And I definitely feel like I was pushed into mm-hmm. the decision. I don't truly feel like it was 100% my decision to make. I just mm-hmm. did not feel supported. Right, right. That was my next question. Did you feel supported? You saying you didn't? I did not. So I have a cousin that lives about five hours from me, and she, you know, was supportive and was like, "I, I can help you," but I didn't have the means to be moving anywhere. And so I talked to her, her dad, a little bit, and he said that he would resent me and the baby for the rest of our lives if I chose to keep it. Now, who was that? Said this. My daughter's dad. Okay. Okay. So Uh, I was like, okay, well, that kind of sets in stone. I don't really have any options if I don't have any support, you know, from anyone. So I, there's one agency that might be different now, but seven years ago or eight, I guess, there was only one agency in my city that was not affiliated with the Mormon church. Okay. So I, I went on their website and it said, you know, set up a a phone consultation and then we'll get you scheduled for like an in-person thing so I call the lady and she was super nice and was like okay like how far along are you have you gotten your pregnancy confirmed all that and I was like yes I you know I've been to the doctor and I'm this many weeks I don't remember how many I was at that point maybe 15 ish Mm -hmm. um so she's like okay um like let's set up a meeting and I went into that meeting and right from the get-go it was okay here's Here's some families take their, you know, profile book home with you. It wasn't a, you know, like here is how heavy this decision is, mm-hmm. anything like that. It was just, okay, here's some, right. and like looking back at it, yeah. I can see that it was very like pushy at the yeah. time. I didn't, I couldn't see it, Yeah. but right. like looking back on it, I'm like, oh yeah, that was very pushy. So I got five or six 
profile books that, you know, were like, asked me some of the things I was looking for in families. And they gave me, here's some things that match some of the things that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, so uh, I, it's, it's, I mean, if I can pause you for a minute, oh yeah, it, it's about what you just said. You went in for a, first was a phone interview, right? Mm-hmm. Then did you then went into person thereafter? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, in, so in person, because obviously, and I go back, we talked this morning, we have a Saturday chat on Birth Moms Real Talk Facebook, and part of the Saturday chat we talked about is what, and you really said it, what instructions or what information was given to you on how this would work as a process if you, mm-hmm. if adoption was your plan, and of yeah. not only what changes in your body, what the pregnancy itself would be, as well as moving forward. And I use that purposely moving forward because I don't know about you. I heard, okay, this, you can just move past this. Whereas Mm -hmm. I'm speaking personally, it's not something you move past when you place a child. It's importance with that, not only just with the mom, but of understanding the effects and grief and trauma of the child the grief and trauma of even the adoptive parents who were in this book that they gave you pictures to look at, what would they go through or what were they going through? Because I make this assumption that maybe a lot of people, not everyone considers adoption because they may not be able to conceive themselves. Mm -hmm. So looking at all those things is like, did you get any of that? And I'm hearing that you did not. No, not I, some of the profiles said, you know, like we were unable to conceive. Okay. But there was no, like, you know, even from the agency, there was no, they gave me like a contract mm. to sign, but never really went over it. And when her dad signed away his rights, I don't think he really like read it. And any therapy I, support or support through therapy or not beforehand, but okay. they did, they did give me I think it was three hour sessions with a therapist after I had placed Mm -hmm. and it was somewhat beneficial but I don't feel like the therapist that they had these sessions with was very adoption competent so he didn't really know how to help me process you know that that trauma and grief right 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 and there's a difference for those of you listening Mm -hmm. to birth moms real talk there is a difference. You can be a very qualified, very, very, very qualified psychologist, therapist, psychiatrist, but if you're not adoption competent to understand the grief and the trauma, the different disenfranchised grief and all mm-hmm. of that. And it's un- unfortunately that I say that unless you know different, and when you know better, you do better. But unless you know different, you think because someone has been trained in it, no matter what kind of degrees they have or internship and so forth, that everybody understands. But everyone doesn't. Yeah. 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 It's It's been very challenging for me to find a therapist that is able to help me because it is such a like niche mm-hmm. trauma. Mm-hmm. And there are there are things that don't help. And I feel like a lot of people in my life think that, oh, well, it's not fair that you have this grief because A, she's still alive, B, it is an open adoption, and C, I have a son now that I parent. So I feel like a lot of people in my life are like, well, it's not really fair for you to feel like this. 
your feelings are your feelings and, and yes. no one needs to validate <laughs> your feelings, whatever they may be, whatever mm-hmm. they may be. So, so once yeah, you, so once you mm-hmm. did decide in place and so were you still in the home while you're pregnant before you delivered? I, yes. So I still lived with my parents after that first like initial meeting with the agency. I, I said, Hey, like, I like this family. I'd like to meet them. So I scheduled a time to meet what ended up becoming her parents. And we, we met in person and they told me about themselves and I told them about me. And at the end of the meeting, I was like, well, I, I mean, they're a good option. Let's, you know, go with it. I I don't have any red flags from them. Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't have any like direct communication with them at that point. It was all through the agency. Right. Right. So I told the agency, you know, I like them. I would like for them to adopt my baby. And at, at this point I didn't even know that she was a girl yet. Right, right. And so she reached out to them and said, Hey, you know, Haley would like to have you guys adopt the baby. And I think it took about a week for them to, you know, kind of decide. And then, you know, she got a hold of me again and said, you know, they would like to move forward. And I had my like gender anatomy scan scheduled. And I said, you know, is it, is it okay if I ask them if they would like to be there? You know, okay. if this is going to be their baby, I would like to them you know, to be there for, you know, the, the bigger moments. So my liaison at the agency and her parents ended up coming to that appointment where, you know, we found out that it was a girl and they were so excited and they made two copies of the ultrasound photos so that, you know, I could take some and they could take some. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then my 20th birthday, I was about seven, about seven months pregnant. And they asked if they could have like a lunch with me for my birthday. So we, you know, went to the agency and they bought me lunch and Mm -hmm. treats and we talked some more and they met her dad at that appointment because he and I had actually started dating at that point. And so going through all of this, where were your emotions and how are you feeling? And obviously moving forward with the plan that you had made. Mm -hmm. I buried everything I just put on this front that I was I was fine and everything was going to be fine and I just did not deal with anything mm. and that like in retrospect was not healthy for me right. to do but right. at the time like, I, di- I didn't know what else I could do right I didn't right. feel like I had any resources or anybody to talk to or anything so or even having the involved. tools as you say you buried it because <laughs> you didn't know what else mm-hmm. to do that yeah. a lot of times that that happens to a lot unless we're given what we need to know how to deal with something we, we don't know what to do so exactly you just do what yeah. you know yeah so yeah I didn't really <laughs> really deal with anything I remember at one point his my my daughter's dad's sister actually offered to adopt her and I was like yeah no <laughs> mm. That's not a good idea. Because it would still be too close to you or? Yeah. I And there, yeah, just the whole thing did not seem like a good idea to me. So I, as I, you know, got more and more and more pregnant, I, you know, started getting physically uncomfortable and just the emotions were building up so much. And I was like, okay, I just want, I want this to be over. I can't do it anymore. I was stressed out from school. I was pre-med at the time and. 
I was so busy and being super pregnant and having everybody, oh, like, when is your baby due? Like, are you so excited? And right, right, yeah. Not knowing how to say, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm actually not going to keep it. Mm-hmm. I would just lie and say, yeah, you know, I'm really excited. It's a girl and it's my first and mm-hmm. all of mm-hmm. that. And I remember the tipping point was I was about eight months pregnant and my, I had one of my appointments and my regular OBGYN was in a delivery. So I had one of the other doctors from her office for my that appointment. And it was an older gentleman who was just very traditional, I could tell. Mm-hmm. And he walked in and looked at my chart and he said, huh, aren't you a little young to be having a baby? Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Stared. Okay. Okay. You're 20 years old, <laughs> right? You're 20? I had just turned 20. Okay. Or it was okay. right before I turned 20 maybe. But yeah, I was like. Words, words, <laughs> words themselves. And, you know, my belief is that words uh, can speak life. And words can speak mm-hmm. death. And they cut very deeply. And that's yeah. why we all need to be careful of the words we say. Not condemning him, but understanding of the words makes such a big deal. And yeah. along with what you just described, not only the emotions of being pregnant, eight months pregnant, in school, pre-med, know that, root, and all of what yeah. you're dealing with, if you just think about... As I, I like to say the day-to-day process, whether you're pregnant, whether you're in school or not, life itself is a daily thing that you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And when you put yeah. all those things in, that's where the trauma, the grief will crash down on you completely. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. So that was kind of that. I went home after that appointment and I just bawled for hours. And I was like, I'm a failure to my parents. I'm a failure to myself. Like, I cannot believe that this happened. And I, I just lost it completely that day. And I was like, okay, I just, I need this to be over. I needed to come out. So I started reading how to make yourself go into labor. And Mm. I did curb walking and my parents had a chiropractor that lived across the street. So I went and had him adjust me to maybe that would kickstart labor. I tried everything (laughs) and nothing worked. (laughs) I went to my, I think it was my 38 week appointment and my doctor, you know, that's when they they start checking your cervix. So my doctor was like, okay, well, you're dilated to about a four and a half. We're gonna, the, my, uh, the office in the hospital, it's like the same building. So she's like, we're going to walk this little back way and get you checked in and you're having your baby. Okay. I was like, you were happy. Oh. I was happy, but I also was like, oh. Yeah, it's, it's, got, it's here. Today's the day. Today's the day. I was not prepared. I didn't do any kind of like birthing classes. I didn't mm-hmm. have any kind of birthing plan laid out. Like mm-hmm. I did not know anything. I did not know what to expect. Right, right. And uh, I hadn't had any kind of conversation with my mom about birth at all. Mm-hmm. I, I know, you know, I don't know if you listened to my story. I said, okay, it's coming yes, close to the I day. <laughs> I'm having some pains here. I guess these are contractions. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I luckily did not have to drive myself to the hospital. Okay. You are so strong for <laughs> having to do that. But Oof. yeah, my mom actually was with me at that appointment. So okay. I had already had hospital bags packed okay. that I, you know, had in the car for a couple of weeks. And she's like, okay, well, I'm going to go home and get some stuff. So I can stay with you. And I was like, I, okay. 
<laughs> what does that mean? Did you did you want her? It was good. Did she offer it or what? I didn't necessarily want her there, but okay. I was kind of glad. I I I was very conflicted with my emotions, okay. and okay. I got a hold of her parents and I said, "Hey, you know, I'm turns out I'm in labor, so you guys might want to." head you know to the hospital and mm-hmm. I contacted her dad and he's like okay well I don't want to come so that was really hard but he yeah. didn't really want anything to do with it and yeah. you know he had already signed away his rights right so. right you know and I, I pause for a minute there to think about how we react to things is based on the current situation of what's going on yeah you know, if we think about just, we say life to life things, you're going and your body is going through something it's never been through before. And you're wondering mm-hmm. what's going on. You know, you want this over with. You've reached out and I have to say what you just said in the past minute. You call the parents, you call the dad. So you're making all these arrangements while you in labor, right in the hospital, yeah. about to give a baby. <laughs> now, I, I pointed out that way because that's the reality of it. Yeah. That's the reality of it. And when you got all those things at one time, it is it, 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 your body and your mind and everything could shut down. And the fact that it didn't, and you were cognizant of your mind, of a, sa- a sane yeah. and right mind, <laughs> to do all of yes. this is amazing. <laughs> but that's yeah. what we do. <laughs> yep. You got to get through it somehow. Yeah. So, yeah, I labored and... My whole family came to the hospital. I had family friends came. I had way too many people, way too many wow. people at the hospital. And my so family were, were these all, friends, family? So they knew these are people who knew you were pregnant, who were basically in oh, your yeah. life during that time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I mean, obviously I couldn't hide it, mm-hmm. but yeah. So I had so many people at the hospital. My daughter's grandparents actually live here as well. So they came okay. to the hospital as well. And I just was so overwhelmed and I was freaking out because I didn't know how to have a baby. How are you supposed to know what muscles to use? Like, how are you supposed to know? I know. It's it's back having the talk. Like, where do babies come from? Oh, the store. No, they come from cabbage patch. All these things are, are, like I said, you're not told. And if you're not told, it's like the imagination, even from an early age. Because, I mean, I talk about myself. It's like seven or eight years old. Because my mom was like, you didn't tell any, no instructions of what's going on. I remember getting my my first period. And it's like, what is this? What is this? And back in that day, you know, I was back back, back in the day. There was nothing in school. (laughs) about teaching you how you're turning become a woman or be able to have a child and so forth this non-education is just just puts you in a position of just not knowing period well and i had taken like a child development class where they give you like that fake robot baby in high school (laughs) but but still even after having that class Mm -hmm. not i was not prepared right but i i was in labor i invited her mom to be in the room when when she was born and as I was nearing the end probably about eight nine centimeters I you know I asked her parents hey do you guys you know do you have any names picked out that you like yet and so my let me backtrack a little bit so my my great-grandmother's name is Ella Mm -hmm. and I had always loved that name and I was like if I have a daughter I want to name her Ella and I had been calling her that you know I would I would talk to her and sing Mm -hmm. to her Mm -hmm. I didn't tell anybody did not tell anybody that I loved that name. And they said, actually, yeah, we really like the name Ella. Wow. And I just started bawling. What a moment. Oh oh my gosh. What a moment. And they're like, 
you don't like it it's okay like we can we can pick something else and I was like no 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 like you don't understand and I told him and then they started crying and like it's perfect and then they were like we were actually we wanted to ask you if we could give her your middle name wow so she has my middle name wow that's intriguing Um, that's great that's great yeah so that that's one of my favorite parts of my story actually yeah yeah so I was ready. It was time for me to push and everybody left. My mom and my sisters actually stayed in the room and my sister had my, my camera and took photos for me. And her mom was on one side and holding my leg and my mom was on the other. It was very hard for me. I was pushing for close to two hours and it was, it was kind of rough. She was nine pounds. So wow. It was kind of hard getting her there, but she came out and I just cried and cried and they placed her on my chest and I just looked over at her mom and she looked at me and looked down at her and she started crying and I started crying and it was, it was honestly like a very beautiful moment. And I'm so glad that, that I had, that I, you know, allowed her mom to be in the room and experience that. Right. And, and that you, you know. and that you experienced that too, Haley, mm-hmm. because back again, when we talk about the system and I keep calling it a system, just that's how the way it was that in my day that I didn't see my son, he wasn't yeah. placed. It was like, I heard him cry. So I heard his first yeah. cry, you know, it was a big, good voice. You know, I said, yeah. wow, heard him. I said, okay, he's okay. But they took him away and I, I didn't see him. And so yeah. that was tough. And, but that was just the way they did things. That was yeah. The way they did things. And I yeah. can't imagine doing it that way. And I was very, very adamant from the beginning when I, you know, first met with the agency that it had to be open. I was okay. like, I can't, I can't do it any other way. I have to know, you know, that she's going to be okay, that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I need to be able to see her and, you know, see what she looks like and what her personality is like. I personally think that it's healthiest for everybody involved if it's open. Just, I, I never wanted her to have that. I don't know who I am. I uh-huh. don't know where I come from. Right, right. I never wanted right. her to have to experience that. Absolutely. That was how long ago that she was born? So she just turned seven okay. at the end of July. Okay. All right. So how has been the relationship? How often do you see her and how is that open relationship working? It's been, it gets increasingly more difficult as she gets older mm. and not on my part. I think as she gets older and gets more curious about the situation, it's a lot harder on her parents. But I do get to see her twice a year Okay. around her birthday and around Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, they still live in the same town, so it's very easy. She always requests that we go and get frozen yogurt. Okay. Then does she know really who you are? Does she able I to don't, co- I don't comprehend think so. that yet? I have been scared to like ask them what they've told her what they know about me mm-hmm. or what she knows about me right. rather. Right. So I, I'm not sure she doesn't know, you know, at this point that I'm her birth mom. Okay. And I don't know when they're planning on addressing that. Okay. I kind of walk on eggshells with them and I just do, you know, whatever they want because I don't want to lose any of the communication. Okay. Okay. So as she gets older, I'm sure it's going to look a lot different and Maybe she won't want to see me or maybe she will want to spend more time with me and they won't let it happen. Yeah. Or It's that balance, as you say, within mm-hmm. within everyone. A child grows up with the her parents 
uh, her, his parents. And then we, mm-hmm. whether it's an open or closed, we're healing ourselves in whatever way yeah. we can. And, but the three parties really have to deal yeah. with that, the trauma, the grief and so forth, and come to yeah. a similar decision and agreement, especially yeah. when you say that now you're open. So it's between you and the adopted parents deciding what she's, she knows, what she sees mm-hmm. and so forth with that. So along with that, what, if anything, not that you'll do differently, but what can you tell other birth moms out there who may have been or are in an open relationship or open adoption and what you're doing, not what others should do, but what you're doing for yourself? For myself? For yourself. I have a drawer that has all of my Ella-related things. So mm. Your Ella drawer. Like, you got an Ella yeah. drawer. I have all of her like ultrasound pictures in there. I have, I bought like a little pregnancy journal that I never ended up filling out all of it, but I filled out some of it. I have her parents actually gifted me with a blanket the Christmas after she was born that has a bunch of photos of her Mm -hmm. on it. I have a couple gifts from people. So I like to kind of look through that. I Mm -hmm. have so many photos that I love to look through. I have songs that make me think of her that I like to listen to. So those are like your healing times when mm-hmm. you're doing that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just kind of will go by myself and look through all of her things mm-hmm. and look at pictures and. Okay. Okay. And it's it's I don't really ask her parents for photos or any of that. I I mean we're friends on Instagram, so I'll go look at her okay. Instagram and see holidays and what she's being for Halloween this year and her first day of school picture and right, that right. kind of stuff. But yeah. Yeah. So moving forward, you're saying that you now did have a, so tell me moving forward after your daughter was born, you did move forward and get married and you've got uh, yeah. a child so that you raised. Her dad broke up with me two weeks after she was born. And that was really hard because I was already so vulnerable and my body was still trying to heal from having a baby and Mm -hmm. my, you know, my breasts still hurt because my milk was still coming in. They don't tell you, Hey, your milk is still going to come in and there's nothing you can do about this. This may be a TMI moment, (laughs) (laughs) maybe too much information, but likewise, (laughs) back in my days, like, you know, you understand, okay, the hormones, I'm a woman, I'm pregnant. Mm -hmm. So that that milk coming in, but it's like, okay, what am I going to do with this? I don't have a child. What I'm going to do, yeah. what I'm going to do. And that day yeah. it was like wrapping you and some kind of medication, but it still didn't change the fact. As you just said, yeah. you just had a baby. It's more than just you going to the hospital and you going home from the hospital. It is yeah. what your body has been through. Much, not, not even talking about what your mind has been. Yeah. Through. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I had had some stitches and mm-hmm. I was miserable and super emotional and not knowing how to process it. And mm-hmm. It was very like quiet at my house and nobody really talked about it. Elephant in the room. Yep. (laughs) And so he broke up with me and I was like, what am I supposed to do now? Right, right. Like, I don't know what to do. What was it? What was the sense of your parents? I mean, for as once they knew that you had had your daughter, what was said, if anything? Nothing really. So they... I never had any time in the hospital with just her. I always had, which I really wish that I would have spoken up and said, Hey, like I need everybody to please leave. Mm -hmm. But I always had seven people 
mm-hmm. in the room with me. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they were trying to like do what they thought was best exactly. to be there yep. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But that is not what I needed. Yeah. I yeah. needed my time to be with her before I had to mm-hmm. give her to her parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I just remember it being very like everybody was watching on eggshells and nobody was really talking about it. And I was so miserable and I, and I didn't feel comfortable saying like, mom, what do I do? Like, mm-hmm. I'm so sore. I can't, yeah, I can't do anything. Yeah. My milk is coming in. Like, is, can I do anything about that? Like, mm-hmm. I just didn't feel comfortable right. trying to get any, any kind of help for it. And it took a long time for me to, you know, start feeling like myself again. And I actually, my friend at the time was like, okay, well, let's try and find you like a nice guy. And I was like, I really just don't, I really don't want to. Like I feel like me. That's the last thing I'm wanting now. <laughs> I'm like, I know, I'm good. <laughs> but she ended up like making me a Tinder account. And like, oh, wow. <laughs> swiping on a bunch of guys, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. I and I like matched with my now husband's roommate, actually. Okay. And he was like, hey. You're too tall for me, but you seem like you might be cool. Do you want to maybe just like hang out sometime? And I was like, <laughs> yes, actually, I could really use a friend. <laughs> and this was probably four or five months after, like four months after she was born. Okay. So I like went over and hung out with him and my husband <laughs> walked out of his room and it was late at night and he was in healthcare and he was working nights at the time. So he was used to being awake. And he was like gonna go get himself some tacos. <laughs> His outfit was ridiculous, and I was like, "Yikes, this guy!" <laughs> First impressions, okay. <laughs> First impression was not great, <laughs> but he ended up like just staying and talking, and he was very nice. And his roommate, uh, my friend, ended up texting me and saying, "Hey, like my roommate thinks you're really cute, and he wants your number." And I, my gut reaction was, "Nope." not interested in that at all Uh I do not need a man in my life right now right but I eventually caved and he took me on a date and it's we've been in love since then wow so how long really you've been together uh we have been together for almost seven years okay almost seven so he you know came into my life when I really needed someone and Mm -hmm. we're best friends and yeah, so I, I ended up moving in with him after dating for five-ish months. Mm-hmm. And then I actually found out that I was pregnant with our son the at the beginning of July, like the year my daughter turned one. Okay. okay. So it was very quick. Okay. And a lot of people were kind of judgmental, but, you know, my husband and I had were engaged at that point. So... Yeah, so I I have a five year old son. Okay, and he has met my daughter a few times. Great, he's a big and, brother. No, she's she's a big sister. Uh huh. Yeah, and it's so fun for me to see them together. Okay, because they are the same. Yeah, they both look just like me. Wow. Their mannerisms are the same. Mm. Their interests are the same. Both of them want to be astronauts when they oh, grow wow. up. They're like the way that they speak is the same. Like it's so crazy to me. Wow. How similar they are. Mm-hmm. 
And so, so, how, so really how is it now that, like, say, your your first child, your daughter, was placed, and you're raising your son? Mm-hmm. How is that, or any? I don't say advice. Mm-hmm. I don't tell people to give advice, but just give your story and how you're processing that of having the two two different children. They're both your children, mm-hmm. but and so all of the similarities between that. It's super difficult. That's my biggest challenge with my trauma and grief processing mm-hmm. is parenting my son after placing okay. my daughter. And I get mad at myself or I feel like I, I almost feel like I punish myself mm-hmm. because I have all of these amazing moments with him, his first steps, his first like words, his first day of school, mm-hmm. all of these amazing moments that you have as a parent that I right. did not get to have with her. Right. And it's so hard. So how, 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 what's your steps you're taking? Because I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but is, is the fact that you were not there for your daughter with all of those first, right? In a house with it, but mm-hmm. yet it's still that, that take out the butt. Yet it's still, you have a relationship with her. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, ahead, I try to journal uh, my feelings out or okay. I have, couple friends that I've been friends with for a long time that were there for me mm-hmm. through all of this process. And I'll, you know, I'll say, Hey, like I need to talk. And one friend in particular will always be there for me. And right. I'll just say right. like, Hey, I'm, I'm really struggling. Yeah. I need to yeah. talk about this because yeah. like my son just started kindergarten uh-huh. and it was so hard. Not only that, like, you know, my baby started kindergarten yeah. But I didn't get to have that with my other baby. Right. And right. I say that, you know, she's my daughter all the time. Mm-hmm. And my sister actually on multiple occasions has said she's not your daughter. Your and sister that's really, really, that? mm-hmm. it's really hard for me because just because I parent her doesn't mean that she's not my daughter. And I'm not trying to take anything away from her parents, but right. like, she's still, she's still my daughter. And that's right. so unfair, it feels like, for, for her to say that, you know? Right, 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 right. Exactly, exactly. And that's for people who are not understanding the position yeah. that is in with that. Yeah. And you can't, you know, ever fully understand it unless you've done it. And that's why I'm so glad that there is, you know, this, you've created this beautiful village as you call it of us us people who do understand each other Uh and it is so important for us to have people out there that we can talk to about this that do understand what we're going through my husband is so sweet and he he tries he really does he tries to talk to me but it's just it's not the same as talking to somebody who actually has been through it who actually knows the emotions that I am feeling Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's good. I heard you mention he's your best friend. See, that's important. Yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. that is very, very, very important. And as you say, is that if we are not able to share, whether it's sharing with, when you say your journal, to me, that's your own personal sharing with yourself and journaling and all of that. And I I have Fridays after one o'clock is my time. (laughs) I'm fortunate to work for myself and have my own company. I just block that off. So Fridays after one o'clock, that's my time for my self-care. And we have to do that. We have to do that. And I didn't have other children. So my son, who I placed as my only child, 
I think back to, and I was sharing earlier today or yesterday, that it's hard at times, depending on where my emotions are, to even see little boys who are growing up two years, three years old, because I didn't see my son, you know, until he's 25. So it's like coming to terms with that and understanding and be able to say and see because he's 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 an adult. So it's like we're building a friendship relationship, not a mom and child, because yeah. he's grown yeah. with that. Yeah. So I'm realistic about what we have and what we possibly can have. And I get little snippets with different um pictures. I, I marvel, I think the year, well, really the month we met three years ago, shortly after we met in person. And I get some pictures from him. And he's like 43, three years. So 40, yeah, 42. He was 42 then. He sends me a picture. He's he's professional. He's He's got his own business. So he was taking some a photo shoot for some pictures, I think, website and so forth. And he mm-hmm. sends me pictures from his photo shoot. It was just like me getting his third grade picture. He's right. a grown man with a beard. Yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, that's my baby. And you yeah. know, I can't imagine. I haven't seen him as two or three years old. I've seen some childhood pictures of him since then. But it's like, I'm just imagining, okay, this is him sending his mom his grade school pictures, even though he's yeah. 42 years old. So it's like, yeah. and, and a lot of that is very surreal. And I, I still say it's still a lot of times very surreal for me to just acknowledge the one, you're about to turn 48. I've got a 48-year-old son. And I'm building a relationship. We're building and yeah. growing. We're building and growing. And that's what I say. Building, growing, and healing. Building, growing, yes. and healing. That's, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else you'd like to share today, Haley? I don't think so. I think I kind of shared everything that I wanted to, but. Okay. 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 Well, it's so wonderful to have you on. And I always, as we say, we're all the same. We have different situations we're in. You speak about fours and being in an open adoption. Some things are so common regarding not knowing what our body's going to go through, the whole scenario. (laughs) When are you in contractions? And what that was, I mean, I speak personally. It's like, wow, I just didn't know. Just didn't know and have anyone tell me and share with me and whatever. And I go back to four and so much information can be given to people prior to it. That's the mom yeah. that's recognizing the child. It's like there, there's there's a background to the child with this one, one day, two days or whatever. And the adopted parents getting that support and knowing what's needed. Heard you say yeah. it was something you wish you could have said in the room to give me space. Well, not that people can read your mind, but be attuned to what you may yeah. need. That's what I would yeah. say with that. Very good. Very good. So you've been listening to Birth Moms Real Talk. I'm your host, D. Yvonne Rivers, where the platform where Birth Moms will share their journey. We talk about a hot topic. We've been talking to Haley today, and we invite you to tune into our podcast, all different platforms. Follow us, like us, join our Birth Moms Village, our Saturday chat, and we'll be seeing you next time. Thanks so much for listening into Birth Moms Real Talk, where birth mothers share their journeys and we have an open and honest conversation about adoption. If you would like to share your story or you have any comments, you can reach us at birthmomsrealtalk.com or email us at Yvonne at birthmomsrealtalk.com. If you like what you heard, we would appreciate your support on Patreon as a supporter. Find out more on our website. Tune in next time. See you then. 